0: everyone, welcome to What is Covenant, Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. So Carolyn, what's up?
1: Um, other than my hair being out of control, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, we have, I guess you say, settled in our new rental house, and we are continuing to look, so I would ask for our listeners even to pray for us to find the, ha- the house that God has for us, but I'm on this um, idea of following a path and following the Holy Spirit, and we talked about that yesterday at church, about um, what does that look like to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, and so my answer was, I'm a visual person, and I said to follow, it's a path, we're following, sometimes there's other little paths off to the sides and we get distracted. But then the Holy Spirit helps us get back on track and continue on the path. So I've been thinking about that.
0: That would presuppose some sort of plan. You're speaking of paths.
1: Absolutely. Usually
0: paths are something that either one constructs or maybe many. Uh, Imagine topography, the lay of the land. and It's sort of like cows. I always appreciated cows. Cows are... I don't know if they're dumb. But cows are not necessarily renowned to be the smartest creatures in the world. But boy, they know how to get up a hill. Mm -hmm. And they just keep using the same path Mm -hmm. every time. But it didn't take a lot of strategy on the part of the behalf of the cows to Mm -hmm. create the path. It just took some sort of appreciation for what is easiest and what is more difficult. But this idea of a plan... Mm -hmm. You don't want to do anything harder than it needs to be, but you may not know all of the plan, as your point is, until God reveals it, and And therein, it's a bit of a process.
1: Yeah, and He knows the plan. Even when we don't know, He knows the complete plan, I should say. And sometimes we see part of it, sometimes we see all of it. Sometimes He reveals, and then sometimes He doesn't.
0: Oddly enough, God even loves the cows. Or so it is at Jonah. At the end, you know, God takes care of everything, even mm-hmm. the cattle on the hill. He owns I don't know.
1: We're not, yeah, cattle. owns the cattle on a thousand. We're not compared to cattle, so they must be a little bit smart because we're compared to sheep. Mm. <laughs> so cattle must be a little bit higher than the sheep in the mental capacity. I'm yeah, but
0: sure. I, I think that's important <laughs> to recognize, too, is that God always takes care of Everything mm-hmm. in the same manner and dimension. You know, you could try to, again, make it much more complicated than that. And, you know, I think I'd do that. I'll own that. I'll think of, well, what do I got to do for this? And what do I got to do for that? And how do I make this work? And how do I make that work? And I may have like 15 projects going on at any one particular time. But God already has it figured out. But He doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily... And this is, I think, this is an interesting concept, at least it was for me. Maybe it's re- re- revelatory for me a revelation because I do believe God's got it all figured out but I don't know that he thinks in quite the same way I think I think he thinks much simpler and much more basic which really makes it far superior
2: Mm -hmm. because
0: we don't know what all the factors are going to be I'm not saying God doesn't know what all the factors are going to be God just knows how it's going to turn out Mm -hmm. why? Because he sort of like put it into all of us, his mind or his thought, which would be like those cows on a hill. We just have to keep following the path. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily a path of least resistance, Mm -hmm. but why, again, create more problems if you don't have to? All those plans and Mm -hmm. all those things that bye-bye, or even you thinking about getting a house, you could make that really, really complicated. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. To the point where you feel so overwhelmed with it, you might just decide you're going to give up and quit. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> no, <laughs> Unless you just want to stay in the riddle that you're in.
1: No, no. It's nice, but um, I like to have something that's my own. I think he's a God of order, and it's it made me think of how he is precise and exact, but yet it's simple. And so, it, in a weird way, I don't know if you understand the, how I get this or not, but it it relates to me almost like math <laughs> because really it just breaks down to ones and zeros. You know, it's almost like <laughs> the matrix. Like it, it, it really does break down to simplicity, but we make it this whole thing and it's, and he's so basic, but yet so complex, but he can make it so basic that a child would believe it, you know, unless we become like a little child. Does a child understand complex things? No. But, you know, he can reveal things to us, we can learn as we grow, you know, in our mental capacity. But I think that he is a God of order where everything clicks, everything makes sense, and we're the ones that kind of complicate it.
0: And, and maybe that's for good we, intention that we complicate it in this sense, that we want to do it right, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make that Right. And, and yet I agree with you. I, I think the simplicity is always there. The process really doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The, there's facts and factors and variables and mm-hmm. things like that in material dimension that have to be put together rightly. But the same spirit as with the mind of God, the Holy Spirit, really directs and leads even us if we'll allow Him to. Mm-hmm. And we do get to add definitions at times to it or contribution, which then kind of adds a bit more defining element or definition to it. But at the same time, I I don't know that the diversity should be mistaken for sort of what makes things happen. It's more the result. It's not the cause. And I always like to go for the cause Mm -hmm. because the cause, again, is pretty simple and I think Mm -hmm. it's pretty universal. It's called creativity. It's called life. Mm -hmm. And God certainly is the author of life. But I don't know that he gets hung up so much just in the details, but the details tend to manifest themselves. And they do that through human dimension and we add definition. So that makes it a bit complex and there's two Mm -hmm. sides, right? Mm -hmm. Two sides. There's certainly the impetus or the unction or the creative process, the Holy Spirit at that dimension. And then there's all those things we get to add to it. So I'm thinking, we just have kind of finished. (laughs) If we were finished, I wouldn't be talking about it today. We have been in Ezekiel. I thought we were finished. Hmm. But there's just a little more that I wanted to mine from Ezekiel. And it's toward the end uh, of the book. And with that, Ezekiel's being given a lot of specific instructions from God as to what this construction of Jerusalem, the temple, the Holy of Holies, is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Probably nowhere in the Bible, I may be wrong in that, but I don't know anywhere else in the Bible that that level of detail when it came to the tabernacle or building the, the temple than with Moses, Solomon, and mm-hmm. Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. And why was he having to do this? Because it had almost been, or maybe had been at that point, completely raised, mm-hmm. utterly destroyed mm-hmm. by the Babylonian conquest,
2: right.
0: the exile. But God was pretty specific. Mm-hmm. I thought about that. I thought, there's a lot of detail here. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, why would he speak in such detailed terms when I'm also thinking, what I just said a few months ago, that really everything else about God is pretty simple. And then I got to thinking, well, what he does is he speaks through us, and then we get to add, the, you know, you get the house, and then, you, you know, somebody else has built the house usually. Some people build their own. Tim wants to build his own. But some people build their own. But most people buy somebody else's house, and then they get to garnish it. They get to make it theirs. They get to personalize it. Right. Maybe that's kind of what it's like with God. I think Ezekiel was personalizing that. I don't think he was basing that on anything but a godly, again, unction or a leading of the Holy Spirit. But it was based on what he knew. Mm-hmm. What he'd seen. What he had <laughs> manifest. and Or what had been manifested unto him. Mm-hmm. And he would then manifest unto those that would eventually come back. It kind
1: of reminds me of Jesus t- talking in parables. You know, it's He had the truth that God gave him, that he had, but yet he would relate it in his own way, his own creative way, which was to tell a story, to relate to the people, when he could have relayed that truth in any number of ways.
0: Mm.
1: Well, he's human. Right, but the creative aspect of that is, to me, he chose...
0: Came through his humanity. Mm -hmm. It was manifest in his physical... Yeah, I think Jesus had personality. Mm -hmm. Personality, his -hmm. his construction, what he looked like, what his life was like, what the culture at the time Mm -hmm. was like, what the people's thoughts were like at the time culturally or in a societal sort of context. And I think the same thing applies today, but it's going to apply anytime there is a human dimension because I don't think God is in the hinder parts, Mm -hmm. although that's all Moses could see. But God is really, he is. But he is there only because he's in the most important of parts. And that's the glory of the Lord. And that's the process. Mm -hmm. And if we can be true to the process, I'm not saying we'll be cows. But God loved cows. Mm -hmm. He loved all animals. I don't think God liked it at all that people were sacrificing animals in the Old Testament. I think he did that, though, as with, I am presuming, again, my little bit of garnishing you know, my interpretation that he thought it better to kill each other, which is what humans probably would have done if they not had some sort of way to displace that anger, project right. that, put that on something. Mm-hmm. And it couldn't just be inanimate. It had to be sort of a living mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. I mean, I, I think that's tragic. It's horrible. I love animals. God loves animals. But if we were all animal in that way, we'd be all wonderful. If we were all dogs, I love dogs. If we could all just be like our dogs in that way. Not all our dogs, some of them are aggressive. But most dogs have kind, affable, is that the word? Kind of personalities where you know they get along with humans and each other and that kind of thing. But that's really not the way it is because we're higher ordered We have this wonderful ability to add to what God has given us, but it doesn't mean to the displacement of what God's given us. It's just we just got to realize it's an add-on. If you take away the base program, (laughs) you take away the operating system, none of those apps work. They
1: all could be unique,
0: but none of them are going to work if you don't have the www World Wide Web, or you don't have the computer or the operating system to do it.
1: Did that make sense? Yeah, I'm thinking about um, add-ons and. personalities. And it I was thinking about Peter and how he accomplished goals and, and people did things, but in their own way. You know, Paul was used in a certain way according to his demeanor. Peter was used in a certain way according to his personality. And I just thought about that because We're all unique, so therefore our add-ons are going to be unique. What we bring to the table is going to be unique, which is amazing in itself that God could create everyone on Earth to be unique. But then we all bring our own different add-ons to the table, and therefore it always looks different. I I just I was thinking about that, you know, how the personalities of the disciples were so different that they made it look
0: what's well, creativity right right and you put it- them all together and it's incredibly mm-hmm. unique because right. you're starting with unique elements and right. that's autonomy and mm-hmm. that's agency that's choice mm-hmm. that's your salvation is between you and god my salvation or jesus mm-hmm. is between me and god and me and jesus you're being led the holy spirit mind but when you put it all together mm-hmm. We just step back and say, "How in the world can it all fit together?" Well, it's right. because the one thing that puts it all together uh-huh. is not all of our uniqueness or diversity. The one thing that puts it all together and contains it, holds it all together, is the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is otherwise the unction I've been speaking of—the yeah. process itself, the breath of God. It's the glory of the Lord. It's love. It's spiritual dimension first, Mm -hmm. but if you try to put it all together from the outside, you're going to be thinking about 15 different projects at once, you're going to be thinking, oh, what do I got to do to find a house, and somebody tell me where a house is, and let's go check out, Because I heard a house was over here that we could, go
2: ahead, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no, I was just thinking earlier, when we first started, um, I was picturing a puzzle, and I was picturing how all the pieces fit together, but yet each piece has a different picture on it. And then just now you've said it. You said when they all come together, it's like how can they all fit together when you look at them individually. But then the Holy Spirit has a way of fitting everything together to where it makes sense. But yet each one's unique. Each one has different pictures. I mean, in a puzzle, each piece is unique because, you know, it's that piece. I don't know. I just, I just imagined a puzzle cool. fitting together and how...
0: And yeah. I think that's what we do in counseling. and Maybe that's why you've gone that direction, because really that's what we do in counseling. I don't tell you, I don't have enough information. It's not mine to define your uniqueness mm-hmm. or to... Tell you what to do with what and most people come and see me <laughs> old enough to talk. So so the idea by the time you're old enough to talk to me, you've already got a personality started. Mm-hmm. May not be finished. We work with children and adolescents, and that's mm-hmm. not yet finished. Right. But adults, even teenagers, young adults, They already have a bit of a personality. They have already ideas in mind. They already started to kind of take on some nature, some element of something defining Mm -hmm. them. They've already kind of struggled with that need to be independent, Mm -hmm. autonomous, practice agency, be unique, be different, all of that. So mine is not to, in that role, to tell them what they're supposed to be. Mine is to keep them true to the process. Mm -hmm. Mine is to keep them true to the breath of God. Mine is to keep them true to how God, in a creative way, brings all of these different parts to fullness and fruition. Ezekiel, whether (laughs) whether God told him all the details or not, I I don't get hung up in that. I'm sure God could, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that that's necessary. Again, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be that God wouldn't do that, but for the sake of simplicity... Why do I want to make it more complicated? If this measurement was something that either Moses had been told before, or if this measurement was something that Solomon in construction of the tabernacle, or Solomon in construction of the temple had been given, why wouldn't it work for Ezekiel? And I don't know that they were the exact same measurements. I presume that there must have been some dimension of commonality there. Right. But it was the same kind of a thing. God inspired that, but he didn't give direct or literal in some ways. I don't, I don't, wouldn't want to say. Maybe he just, at least for the podcast today, maybe he just kind of did what we do in counseling. He just held Ezekiel true to the process. Mm -hmm. He breathed, he breathed life or he maintained life, the breath of life in Ezekiel, which is what we're speaking of, the spiritual. Mm And with that, is not the Holy Spirit like the wind, as mm-hmm. Jesus would describe to Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. But in that, then, he left the detail stuff up to us and then some of the other factors of the material world. But I don't even know that creativity says he can't control all of those or it wouldn't be creative, at least the best understanding. Mm-hmm. You say, well, that's the mystery of God. It is the mystery of God, but it always has an expected end. And what is that? It's going to be good because it's all in this manner as we're trying to capture it. It's designed to rightly fit together. Right. Because it's all in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because it's one individual at a time Mm -hmm. rather than some big picture and forcing you to fit into or forcing yourself to try to figure out how to fit it all into. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the path.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, we need to go up here, to the right, to the left, you know, all of that. And you could do that, but... That gets really superstitious then. You, you know.
1: It's like trying to force the puzzle pieces into where you think like in a row. And they don't fit in a row. They fit all. You don't know where they fit. That's the, the mystery of God. I like that because you don't know how it's going to fit together. We can line it up like we think. But that doesn't mean it's going to work.
0: Son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> I answered, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. We're going to go to Ezekiel 37, the breath of the Lord. The hand of the Lord was upon me, verse 1, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, which would, I think, for the sake of, again, today's podcast would be the Holy Spirit, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry." And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. He didn't say, I think you know. He could have said, I don't know. I don't think he was meaning it that way. I think he was just declaratively saying, you know. And almost declaratively in a pragmatic sort of way, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know you do. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy unto upon these bones, and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Now again, I said I don't think Ezekiel knew. So what he did, after, I'm sure, with that homage, due respect to God, thou knowest, Mm -hmm. Ezekiel said, but it probably is going to look like this in the sense, because that's exactly what human bones look like. Right. Now, did God give Ezekiel an anatomy lesson? Did God give Ezekiel a language lesson? Mm-hmm. Did God teach Ezekiel about sinews? And, mm-hmm. and of course, it's all King James, too, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't even know what the Hebrew words are, which is my point. Mm-hmm. We could get lost in all of that, mm-hmm. and in that but it's real basic. He was speaking to Ezekiel from where Ezekiel was for the purposes of Ezekiel as a part of a much bigger puzzle. But he was also capturing how God puts it all together in a creative dynamic and he does it spiritually first. Then it starts to take on shape and form. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I prophesied. There was a noise, and behold a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied, and as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dry and our hope is lost and we are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves O my people and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, thus saith the Lord, or saith the, saith the Lord. So, Carolyn, hmm. is it a reach to think that even in the smallness of your counseling office, literally so, <laughs> so you roll your eyes.
1: I was thinking. The
0: smallness of your counseling. Now I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> counseling office. It is small. In our little corner of the world. Mm-hmm that we too could in the spirit or with the intention of knowing speak to someone that otherwise thinks they're dead. Mm -hmm. Their bones are dry. They're in their graves. And, And did you get a little bit of that prophetic thing too? It's not only the house of Israel, but this is end times prophecy. This is resurrection prophecy. This is book of revelation prophecy. Because this is the revelation is that God speaks life continually into material dimensions. Mm-hmm. He does that through the Holy Spirit. He breathes life into. It was in uh, Genesis with Adam. He's speaking of it now. Ezekiel added the definition of what he knew best mm-hmm. it looked like. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But it isn't in what Ezekiel said necessarily, but or even how he captured what it's really in is that God breathes life into all life, and I am not a fool. (laughs) I can speak life to anything if I speak it in those thou knowest terms. Mm -hmm. I know prophetically... God is not a God of death. He is not right. a God of destruction. Right. He is not a God of eternal damnation and hellfire. He is not a God that would wish or want or will anybody to go to hell. Right. Or live in hell.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or experience hell of any sort or dimension. He's not even a God that I believe would want us to feel or experience in any way, feel, feel. Emotions, think experientially, think about, live in context of our narrative, our story, who we are, our identity, personality, anything in a material dimension. Mm-hmm. He wants us to be resurrected, but to do that, you have to stay in him or he'll have to put the bones back together again. And not only individually, as in repairing one individually, mm-hmm. but a lot of stuff we do too is family stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it impacts the family. You don't live in isolation. It impacts, again, the community, the church. Mm-hmm. Extend family.
1: And they, that gets weary when you said when they, if they would try to put it back together. How difficult would that be? You know, Ezekiel, if he had said, now you put these bones back together. I mean, where would you start? You don't have all the things that the scripture mentioned. We don't have muscles and tendons and, you know, tissue and all that. It would be impossible And sometimes people that come in to see us are in that process of trying to do that. And they're weary and they're tired of trying to do that because it can't be done without the help of the Holy Spirit. Well, it would not be that we
0: don't have a template, Mm -hmm. but it'd be like trying to figure out where your house is going to be. You have no idea where your house is going to be. Right. It's going to be trying to figure out what your hair is going to look like by the end of the day. You, you have no idea what your hair is going to be looking like by the end of the day Messy. because it's windy and rainy. Right? And You know what hair does in wind and rain. Uh-huh. You don't even know what the rest of the day is going to hold. You have right. no idea. Right. But God does. But I don't know that God does in the literal sense that we are interpreting that or even I'm speaking from that. That's a perspective I'm speaking mm-hmm. from. But it's mine. It's human. Mm-hmm. But God knows, because it's not in necessarily the hinder parts. We find God in the hinder parts, and there's a glory that the hinder parts sort of take on. Again, Moses on the mountaintop. Mm -hmm. But it's in the glory of the Lord. And what's the glory of the Lord? Certainly His creativity, certainly the process by which God unpacks all this or reveals it to us, the way He leads us and guides us by the Spirit. In the desert. Yes, and just literally so, even as Jesus again was speaking to Nicodemus. Mm -hmm. That's how it is. We don't know. Nicodemus would not know when he spoke to Jesus what would happen. Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. God knows, but God knows only in the context of the Spirit. I don't think God is necessarily so preoccupied with the flesh, because He's not a respecter of persons or individuals, which we are. Why? Because that's my perspective. It's phenomenological. Mm -hmm. But when I'm asking my patients, Mm -hmm. your clients, our listeners, To step back for a minute and realize, get out of your own head. Mm -hmm. And if you do, don't be scared because you're not going to see all the details. Job never got the details. Mm -hmm. But what he did get was the assurance that the unction of God, the Holy Spirit, that thing, Mm -hmm. more than a thing, Mm -hmm. the personage of God, that when he breathes life into us, that's what he restores. That's what brings material dimension to all the bones and the sinews. Mm When he breathes, there's life. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's really the most important thing. Don't not be concerned about or be negligent about the garnishing. <laughs> Make it look as nice as it can. Keep it clean. Mm-hmm. You know, be good stewards. But that's not where it's at. Where it's at is in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because if you're there, you're never going to die.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I mean, you may go through some dry bone moments, Mm -hmm. you may feel like you're going to die, but there's resurrection power because God knows how to rightly put it all together in the Holy Spirit.
1: Absolutely. And that's that's where we can rest. That's where you can stop trying to put it back all together by yourself because the Holy Spirit is there waiting to intercede, to act and to move and to comfort us and guide us. All these things... And yet we have to allow Him to do that or at least acknowledge that He wants to do that and to help us. Um, sometimes people, you know, it's hard sometimes to give that up. And, you know, maybe they might feel like they failed somehow or they're a failure, you know, or maybe they don't want to ask for help. They, You know, maybe that's a issue for them. But the Holy Spirit knows how it's all going to end. I keep going back. I have to say this. I, I don't know that if you... Agree that fits in, but I keep thinking about Adam and Eve. You know, God said, "Where are you?" We all know He wasn't asking where they were literally, but that goes back to the spiritual thing. Yes, they needed to come out. Yes, He needed to see them. The practical needed to happen, but He needed to address the spiritual. And then when that happened, He clothed them, and they moved forward. On you know, the life went on, but. Our listeners need to know that we want to encourage them to listen to the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit saying to them? And then to follow that because the Holy Spirit, God is the only one that knows the end from the beginning. His ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts. But it is a process.
0: So they come in and they ask you the question, can these dry bones live again? Right. And what are you going to say? Right.
1: Right. Well, God knows. God knows.
0: And if God would otherwise ask them that question, mm-hmm. and I think he does me. That's, that's
1: kind of the where are you. Yes. Yeah.
0: If he, and, and he does me mm-hmm. because if I don't get asked this question, or at least I don't realize the need for this question to be asked, I might then presumptuously begin to take it upon myself to do this practice of social engineering into one individual at a time, I could try to shape them into what I think they should be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure with all the kids that you have, that you have learned this a long time ago. I have the one. But I learned a long time ago, my job is not to shape him too much Mm -hmm. into what I think he should be. I just need to give him the foundations. Mm -hmm. But if I give him the right foundations, which would otherwise have to be the Word of God, and the further I move away from them, realizing that's my opinions... Mm -hmm. As long as I can stay true to the Word of God and teach Him the Word in that sort of basic way so that He can understand how God thinks Mm -hmm. and how we're trying to speak of it and to it today as He is wanting to create a life for Him, as as God's wanting to create a life for the kids, your kids, Mm -hmm. as the Holy Spirit's going to be there to lead them and guide them. That's my greatest intention when it comes to counseling, but it was my greatest intention with my son. Mm -hmm. You need to understand how to have these conversations with God. He'll allow you to put definitions like he did Ezekiel Mm -hmm. on it. And even to the extent that I think it was, I mean, Ezra and Nehemiah, the whole idea of reconstructing Mm -hmm. the temple, this was important, what Ezekiel was prophesying. They got the word out and read it again. By the time they they got back home, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they had to... For hours. Yes! (laughs) Just to kind of get their heads back to where they Mm -hmm. were supposed to be in terms of what the prophecy was and how it had been spoken through Ezekiel Mm -hmm. and even those that had gone before. Mm -hmm. But the idea, though, is my son gets to add all kinds of definition to his life. But it's not mine to put there. It's his. But he needs to understand the basics Mm -hmm. of the mind of God... And life itself. Mm -hmm. And with that, then understand that God's going to rightly put not only him together in that way Mm -hmm. and send him out of the garden in that way of Adam and Eve cloaked. But to realize that one day he'll get a chance to come back. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have to go through the pig pen. He's going to have to be right. the prodigal. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to be the prodigal, but he has to be the prodigal so that he'll own it in the way he needs to. But he can always come back and will hopefully always come back lest he gets stuck in the pig pen, Then I God and end up in hell. I don't want that for my son. I don't right. want it for your kids. I don't want it for anybody's kid. I don't want right. it for any adult. We're always aspiring to not proselytize but evangelize make sure that they understand the message
1: that there's hope and there's hope and you know that they've made it a saying now but I loved it when I first heard it about 20 years ago hope has a name and his name is Jesus Christ and that just spoke to me so much and I feel like without hope what do we have and people come in and they need hope they need to know that there's a bigger plan here that this isn't all for just to see me hurt or this isn't some kind of torture thing um, paybacks for what I did no none of that Um, it may be painful what you're going through but we're gonna see the hope that is there and then we're gonna point you towards that and we're gonna remind you that the Holy Spirit is there this is once again I'm stuck on this puzzle thing God sees the picture on the box We don't always see the picture on the box, but he does. And what does the picture tell you? What it's supposed to be. That's the answer. That's the whole key is the picture. So we may not see the picture. We may not have the box to look at to put our puzzle together, but he does. And who better are we going to trust with our big picture? That was good, wasn't it? Um, (laughs) Then with the Holy Spirit and with God.
0: But remembering as much that's true from an individual, phenomenological, personal, Mm -hmm. egotistical, ego, self, sense of self, perspective. Let's not forget, though, the Mount of Transfiguration, which when it was all said and done, the real glory of the Lord was that Jesus was spirit Mm -hmm. and that his flesh was going to be as was evidenced on the Mount of Transfiguration experience with Peter, James, and John, was to be turned into the best that they could capture, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a a brightness, before they were jarred back into the reality of the personage. Mm -hmm. But that notion that we can get all into that, big pictures, and and again, that's from our perspective. Nothing wrong with that. We all have to own it. That's our little niche, our little Mm -hmm. place in the world. But we can't lose sight of the fact that God's really not even concerned about that. Mm -hmm. He's concerned about us. But the material dimension is not an afterthought, but secondary to the proclamation of life. And so if we're going to become anything big picture, it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if that's what we're going to become, it's going to be spirit. Mm -hmm. And if it's going to be spirit, then it's going to be whatever you describe it to be. Whether it's the brightness, Mm -hmm. it's going to be nondescript in human terms. That's what Mm -hmm. makes me think. Even in the book of Revelation, the new body, mm-hmm. resurrected body, is not going to look like this body.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not saying that it won't have some familiarity, but I think the familiarity, if I look for any, it's going to be in the spiritual dimensions where mm-hmm. whether it's going to be physical. Right. And if I'm known, I'm going to be known by the spirit. I'm not going to be right. known necessarily by the outward appearances. Right. Uh, actually, I'm really glad. <laughs> all, by you get older, all the brokenness. I'm just really glad that I don't have to live in this body anymore. Right. And I believe in healing, and mm-hmm. I believe the idea that healing is true. But I don't know that, that it would seem to me that that would be a bit of an emphasis upon the flesh, the material, more than it should be. So I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant... You know that ye were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. And that's kind of what we're saying. Uh, if you focus too much on the material, you can make anything mm-hmm. something it isn't mm-hmm. and something greater. And if we're really going to look at no respecter of persons and take it seriously, nobody's greater than anybody else. Right. In God's eyes. Right? Or if there is greatness in anybody, it would be because of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> dumb idols. I think he wasn't talking about people being dumb, but he was talking about the concept or these inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I, cows. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're necessarily dumb. Cows you
1: know, Bashan but they, but
0: they can, they can, you know, find their way up hills, and they can. And God loves cows and loves animals. All those things. But, you know, cows are not necessarily the smartest creatures on earth. But I don't know that i call them dumb, but sometimes I wish I were as dumb as a cow. If that meant that I would understand the path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if it meant that I would have the distractions of my own thoughts mm-hmm. or my own knowledge get in the way of God's wisdom. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul is speaking to. Wherefore I give to you, give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So the notion of is, what are we going to be? What's the big picture? It's got to be Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. And again, there's no real, literally, it made me think, no little picture of Jesus because otherwise we'd even make him. Right. And an idol. Right, exactly. I want to look like him. I want to dress like him. Mm-hmm. I want hair like him. Mm-hmm. I want I want a race. I want to be the, of that race. I want mm-hmm. to have the skin color. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's absurd when I say it that way to me, to hear me mm-hmm. say it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it sounds just as absurd or crazy to our listeners. But you, you people get there. Mm-hmm. They want to be just like because they think that's how... No, Mm -hmm. you do it out of the spirit. You don't do it out of your own head. And you'll never be like that because creativity, everything is unique again and all put together. But it all looks like Jesus in the end, especially the resurrection. Mount Transfiguration, the resurrected body of Christ. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. "...for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one in the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally or severely as he will." For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members are that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized in the one body, the breath of life, the Holy Spirit, this process, this Inclination or unction that God puts in all of us, the spiritual dimension, the the dimension of creativity, of resurrection, of hope, as we described it earlier, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free. And have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, and is therefore not of the body. It's a question. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God, or now hath God, set the members, every one of them, into the body as it hath pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where would the body? But now are they many members. Yet but one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of thee, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having having given more abundant honor to that part which lacks Lack of, that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another and i could read on and i'm going to and whether one member suffer all the members suffer with it one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular, and God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, help, governments, diversity of tongues, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet shew I unto you a more excellent way. Mm -hmm. And what again is that way in synopsis, consolidation of all that? Ezekiel. God rightly puts the bones together. Mm God rightly puts the sinews on the bones. God rightly created Adam and Eve. However, He did it, whether He, as with Moses's, the Pentateuch Genesis interpretation, He just spoke it in existence, or if it took years and years and years to get it there, what does that matter to me? Mm -hmm. God still authored it, God still made it happen. Mm -hmm. I don't think that science and the Word are, are. separable. Right. That's the, that's un, unfortunately the divide, I think, in part that Paul's speaking to. Mm-hmm. When you start to get into that way of thinking, mm-hmm. you're going to divide everything. Mm-hmm. God put it together. So when people talk of evolution, I'm not offended by it. I don't think we came from animals, but however God decided to create it, I'm sure he's spoken to into existence whatever time frame it took in a day. I don't know. But it doesn't matter to me because I know it's authored of him. But it's not authored in the way that I, as a human, Mm -hmm. would best conceptualize it. Because if God really sat down with me and tried to explain it, I'd be Job. Mm -hmm. I'd be lost in the first one or two points. Mm -hmm. He'd have to start with me and then try to reveal himself from a phenomenological, (laughs) egocentric, self-centered sort of perspective. But that's what he does. Mm -hmm. That's kids. Kids start out that way, and then he adds. And he adds as we're able to tolerate that in human dimension to the point where you get to the end, hopefully there won't be a divide. Hopefully it won't matter if they're male or female or if they're married in heaven. It matters, but when you get close to passing over and you begin to realize it matters far less. But he's rightly put us all together with a particular purpose in mind. Mm -hmm. Did he say, well, Carolyn, you're going to be at Covenants and the director of pastoral care services at Covenants? Probably, my mind, maybe he did, but I don't know that that needs to happen to explain it. He just put a heart in you and then me and you to cross paths and whatever that heart was in you and what that heart is in me and we crossed paths and and we had similar pursuits and the Holy Spirit took over and here you are. Here I am and here we're doing this podcast. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Now I hope that doesn't sound disrespectful of the intention that God has a unique plan for everyone's life. But just be careful when you start to draw it out and put it in picture form, even in vision form. Be careful because you're going to have to, at times, try to make that whatever's happening fit the vision. Mm -hmm. And it may deny you something, you know, may take you down a path that you don't need to go down. Mm -hmm.
1: It makes me think of the puzzle pieces if we try to force them into what's already there. They're not always going to fit. And we may try to force them in there, but we can't. Only God knows what goes where and when and how. And the Holy Spirit helps with that, to breathe that into us. And I think about Adam breathing that breath of life into him. and, And that's what we try to do at Covenants, to breathe in a little bit of hope and encouragement and the word and the truth to give some life to people.
0: So, when people do come see me, that's the first thing I do is try to figure out what their story is. Mm-hmm. How they got there, it's called psychosocial history. Mm-hmm. How they got there. How they became who they are. Mm-hmm. Have they had this struggle, that struggle? What's been the struggle? Mm-hmm. Has their mom or dad been there? Have they had siblings? What's the birth order? Have they had health concerns? Mm-hmm. Do they have alcohol or drug problems? Have they been married once, twice, maybe like this the Samaritan woman at the well? Multiple husbands and the one you're with isn't your husband. Right. <laughs> So this idea, I want to know that, not to condemn or judge, but I want to know that because I need to understand where their story is so that I don't try to, in my own way of conceptualizing it, misunderstand Mm -hmm. or not appreciate or respect how they got there so that I'm trying to take them in a direction they're not going to go. Mm -hmm. You can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do. And my job is not to convince them to do something that I think is good for them. My job is to help them understand what the Lord God Almighty through the Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit is leading them to do. But I'm also appreciating it's just for the journey. It's part of the cloaking. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, they covered Adam and Eve, as you Mm -hmm. said, when they exited the garden. Mm -hmm. But the notion of it is, my job is to tune them in as best as I can do that. I think you can still say that these days, although we don't tune much anymore. Instruments, music instruments, maybe. Not radios, not frequencies kind of things. But to direct them toward the Word. Mm -hmm. And so that they then begin to include God in their decision making. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the more they make God the center of their decision making, Mm -hmm. as I would example in the counseling, I I think they have a better answer. Mm-hmm. So people come in and say, well, my son is, is crawling into bed with me all at night. And I try to get him to sleep alone. He's like seven and he should be in his own bed. And, you know, he cries all night. There's monsters on the bed, in the closet. There's people looking in the windows. How do you fix that? And, of course, to me, I mean, my first thought is, oh, that sounds like a bit of separation anxiety. That's kind of the stuff we look at, look for, and I always ask the question, how long did you allow him to sleep with you? Then I try to figure out what the emotional need would be of the parent mm-hmm. because they could be enabling of that kind of stuff. Right. I try to get them to a point where they realize you can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to do that except to take what God's given me in terms of knowledge and salt it with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and then trust that in them is the answer. Mm-hmm. I have to hear that from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in them as much as he would say and speak to that within me, but it's all according to the process. Mm-hmm. But people sometimes get upset about that because they just want a quick answer. Yeah. And, and and then I'm, they're really upset with me when they find that I don't take the bait. I am not going to give you a quick answer. It's the wrong way to do it. You're trying to fix yourself mm-hmm. to meet what you think is the narrative, and God may have a completely different right. direction he wants He's you to
1: take. Right. Yes, Exactly. And that's why when we get to that point and we've done the psychosocial history, we've kind of got there and we've talked about the problem. And then I'll ask the question, where is God in this situation? Where do you see God in this situation? Is he even here? Have you even asked him to come into this situation? You'd be surprised how many times people, well, I hadn't really thought about that, you know, and that's, and that's, where we bring that in, and that's where we point to the Holy Spirit, and we point to God's Word, and and we show them, you know, well, let's see what God's Word says about this, and then trust the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom. Um, sometimes it's, you know, practical wisdom. Sometimes it's a scripture. Sometimes, you know, illustration, whatever. But God uses all those things to reach people. And I told somebody that last night. They were talking about reaching somebody that's kind of, hmm. Uh, unstable and just really struggles a lot, and um, they were saying that they had to talk to them in a certain way, and I said, "Well, you're just meeting her where she's at. That's all that's required," and and they thought that was kind of you know funny or just um, you know kind of like I was being funny about it, you know, and I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, no, that's really the answer <laughs> because, you know, it's not that we're like saying that we're up here and we'll lower our standards to meet you there. No, we're meeting you. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to, so that we can be on the same page and so that you can hear from the Holy Spirit. And I
0: should say this because then as you're speaking and then standards, it could sound like, I could see where some might take what we're saying to say, well, then we don't have any standards. That's not true. Mm-hmm. The Word of God, Old Testament, is as yeah. literal an example of standards. The Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. If you can't right. hold the Old Testament, if you don't care to read the whole book, mm-hmm. the whole composition of books that mm-hmm. comprise the volumes, that comprise the Old Testament, mm-hmm. then at least do the Ten Commandments. Right. Right. But if you do the Ten Commandments, you're going to know Jesus in a material dimension. Mm-hmm. And then if you do what we're doing right now, you can be led of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to say because for folks out there who are lost or for folks who don't have that appreciation of the need for the standard to be Jesus, Mm -hmm. we said that today, but I just Mm -hmm. want to emphasize that. Mm -hmm. They may actually take what we're saying as, well, you're really just saying they can be whatever they want to be and you're just going to help them in the moment. You're just going to give them a band-aid. No, I'm presuming that you need salvation Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul said. He started that whole passage in 1 Corinthians 12 with, if you don't accept Jesus Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit, then there's nothing we can do to help you. And I I will say that. I can put a Band-Aid on things. Mm -hmm. I can administer what they used to call psychological first aid. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. Don't use drugs. Mm -hmm. Don't overdose. (laughs) Don't beat your wife. Mm -hmm. Don't turn to pornography. Mm-hmm. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. All those Ten Commandments sort of principles. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to work because <laughs> you don't have the heart to do it. You don't have the spirit right. to do exactly. it. exactly. Because you've not recognized that there's something even greater. You're still trying to put the picture together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of yourself, out of yourself, as with on the, the packaging of the, mm-hmm. the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, you may be misunderstanding God entirely, because mm-hmm. if you just do it that way, I still don't think it works. Mm-hmm. I've seen good Christians who are, I believe have been led of the Holy Spirit get into the awfulest fights. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also what the Apostle Paul is speaking to in 1 Corinthians 12 in churches. People start to covet and envy each other's mm-hmm. gifts and talents, and they don't respect each other, and they think one's better than the other. And mm-hmm. before you know it, they've got such division they can't live together mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. They can't hang out there? What good is that? I mean, that's no good. So so this idea, if you really, I believe that to be true. If you don't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then I may have to put you in a puzzle and give you the pieces and say, here, this is how they fit together. It won't be the right way because it will be missing the Holy Spirit. It will be the best I can approximate mm-hmm. to give you advice. Mm-hmm. But if you've got that down and then you're willing to understand who Jesus is and what this is all about, and you have the Holy Spirit discernment, and obviously He's alive in you because you picked Jesus to be like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you're willing to at least take in not only the Old Testament, but maybe some of these New Testament sort of principles, mm-hmm. and I can do a lot to facilitate that in that manner that I love to do it.
1: Right. Hmm. Well, I, <laughs> it's just interesting to me how when people come to us, And they, maybe even they, like you said, we're going to presume that they're lost. And sometimes we may feel like they are believers when in actuality the Holy Spirit is not there. They've been trying to do all the things. They've been reading the Old Testament. They've been trying to perform the Ten Commandments. But eventually, and it may not be when you come to see me, but eventually one day you're going to run out of steam Because you can't do the Ten Commandments by yourself.
0: Well, you're not going to be saved in that way of renossing, and you won't get the fullness. Right. And maybe, excuse me, maybe in the end, who's to judge that except the Holy Spirit, God? Mm -hmm. But in the end, I guess you may not have really accepted Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe in the end you'll discover that you've accepted Him, but you've blasphemed the Holy Ghost or you've fallen into apostasy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe in the end you'll make it into heaven, but your reward won't be, at least in this material dimension, what it could have been. Mm -hmm. But why would you settle for the lesser if you know the greater and why would we not want to caution you that you're settling for the lesser if you don't? That's evangelism to
1: me. It's the same thing What I read in Revelations. I was reading yesterday morning about the letters to the different churches. And they, yes, they had some differences, um, but there was a lot of similarities. You, I know your deeds... The Lord said of these, you know, one church, I know your heart. I know what you used to do. I know all these things. And then, in many, almost all the churches, then it was, but you have lost your first love. Yet you have listened to these false teachings, these false, you know, preachers. And I just see it. You know, they were trying and maybe maybe in the beginning, maybe, you know, the one church that said, you lost your first love. But all that working and doing without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's it. Is,
0: it's the Tower of Babel. It's yeah. the confounding. Yeah. It's Ezekiel. But if we remember from what we read earlier, the wind came from the four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Jesus was speaking to the, the, the churches. Mm-hmm. And the lampstands were mm-hmm. representative of each church. Mm-hmm. But I think he's speaking to what you're saying. He was bringing the body together in the same sort of a way that God was speaking. To, that's why we okay. said earlier that it's in time revelation stuff. Mm-hmm. It's prophetic stuff because right. it's the same thing. Right. And that's that's really why I I, I want to emphasize, I want to make sure I emphasize, don't go for the more complex if you can hold on to the simple mm-hmm. Because the simple is unifying. Mm -hmm. In science we call it parsimony. But you you pull in the simple. But go for the most basic answer. Mm -hmm. Rather than. The more complex, because if you're going after the more complex, you're probably looking for the material mm-hmm. aspects of it, and you're missing the core. And the mm-hmm. core is it's all connected in process, mm-hmm. creative dynamic, it's right. creativity dictates an outcome. But you've got to be one in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I say process because it's in human operational terms, right. right? But it is the same. It's the Holy Spirit. He is the same, mm-hmm. and and it's the mind of God. But God is more powerful in that simplicity, mm-hmm. doing it this way, His way, and then the details. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. You'll get a picture. You'll get a puzzle. But don't be surprised even if it doesn't turn out like the one that it was on the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things I thought it was going to be when I was 20 that I've come to determine I'm not
1: going to be at 60. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Right. Well, that's what I meant when I said sometimes we don't see the picture on the box. And that's that can be scary for some people. That can be unnerving. Maybe they don't feel like they're in control. It's the back of the tapestry. I used that illustration with somebody the other day. You know, God sees... The other side of that. But what we see is the backside where everything's all, you know, crisscross and threads are going every which way. It doesn't make sense to us. But when it's done and it's turned over, then it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, you know, piece of work, piece of art. But we don't always and we don't have to know the picture. That's that's the hard part to grasp, is that sometimes we don't know what that looks like. We don't know the cancer. What's what is all that about? Well I just wanna you know I just what I'm done with that well that may be part of that picture that may be one piece of the bigger puzzle that he has what's
0: well, so. your infirmity in your flesh but your flesh is your infirmity exactly. I mean that that really is the yeah. the truth of that yeah. I think the Apostle Paul recognized the cancer well, I don't know if you had nothing he had cancer but that idea of the physical infirmity as defining him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Jesus says no that's not what defines you. What defines you is your want that something to do, to define you and that's what then is the infirmity. Mm-hmm. Is that you desire to know. And I can't tell you. Yeah. It's not that God's trying to keep knowledge from you right. or truth from me. He just and I'm not saying God doesn't know, but he knows in this process holy spirit sort of way, creative sort of way. He may not have Whether you're going to get a red car or a blue car Mm -hmm. or an electric car. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever it is, he may not know, you know, necessarily what the exact moment is. I think he does, but he may not in some way. Or maybe he just can't communicate it Mm -hmm. to us. Or maybe, again, my limitations in comprehending it forces me to say, well, God's more about creativity. That's the one thing I know. Mm -hmm. Just be true to that and stay away from be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Stay away from the stuff that you know is not good, mm-hmm. lying, cheating, stealing. But you can say, well, he knows exactly. But it also seems like it, if one doesn't, there's always another there to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why I've always chosen when I felt like there was an opportunity, I always said, send me Lord. No, it's because I don't want the next guy to get my blessing. But why would I want to deny myself an opportunity Mm -hmm. to do something great? Mm -hmm. But even that's a failing thought because we all do something great. And that's the point of 1 Corinthians 12. Mm -hmm. We all do something great. So it's really not something I could calibrate. It's got to be something that the Holy Spirit leads me. Mm -hmm. But the best I can do is follow. Follow and maybe not see anything more than a step or two ahead.
1: Right. Just enough light for the step I'm on. I think it was the name of a book. And that's exactly right. A light, hmm, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I can't remember where that's at in Psalms, but that always struck a chord with me. And the idea of the path has kind of been a little um, illustration, visual for me that, has helped me and another thing i want to say when we were talking about the you know the not knowing um the thing of it is is that we may not want to go there we may not want to we might be afraid like you said lord send me there's some people that are terrified to say that because they don't know what that's going to mean what is that going to look like i i don't know i need to know more details Um, i need to see the picture on the box so i can put this together and then there's this level of well do we trust him that that's going to be a beautiful picture. Or is it going to look like death and destruction? Is God death and destruction? Well, there's parts of him that in the Old Testament, we read that. But does he have death and destruction intended for us? No. So I think we can trust that picture is going to be beautiful.
0: And if Jesus says, Jesus comes, if Jesus comes in our lifetime, as Jesus comes to resurrect, finally, the church... The second time, second coming, mm-hmm. you, you're going to say, well, wait, I've got to take care of this first. Mm-hmm. Or no, I, I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you just can't. Right. You know, if the, if the Jesus is walking by, blind Bartimaeus, mm-hmm. oh, Jesus, son of David, or whatever it is, and, mm-hmm. you know, he cried out. Mm-hmm. Um Heal me. I, why? I'm not going to miss that opportunity. At least right. I'm not going to consciously miss that opportunity. Right. That doesn't mean it won't come without a certain degree of struggle because letting go is a struggle. Mm-hmm. But you're right about
1: that. He when said, you, do you want to be healed?
0: No. That son of Jesse or something like that's what Bartimaeus yeah. said. But yes, but, but it is that, uh, that notion though that when you come see us... Mm-hmm. You have to have some of that. Mm -hmm. We're not going to push you off the cliff. We're not going to throw you in the deep end. We're going to try to help you understand you just can't see because it's spiritual always, mm-hmm. and is preclusive. If your mind and your thoughts are only on the material, it makes it hard to see the movement right. of Holy spirit. Right. And if God wants to liberate and free you, if He wants mm-hmm. to give you agency, independence, autonomy, if He wants to exercise or allow you to exercise the complete freedom, to, to, to be changed and transformed, to let go of all the problems, to work through them, to mm-hmm. you know, to not be so casting aside the weights, all those things... You have to come in at least with a willingness to be brave, because mm-hmm. right. faith is courage. Mm-hmm. But don't come see us. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're not courageous, if you don't have faith, and faith is only established in the Word of God as manifesting again the living Word, which right. is Jesus Christ, the mm-hmm. promise of God manifests in Christ, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll try to help you, but
1: mm-hmm. I would can, you say I'll that just... that's the first, the biggest step is salvation. Just come... Well, just for them to come here would be. I mean, that's a big hurdle before coming and hearing the truth. But just to be able to bring themselves here, would you say that that's, well, a, if, that's if, a big step?
0: Well, if anything people? that I am saying right now would keep them from coming here, <laughs> they don't have faith.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I know that sounds maybe harsh, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound any harsh, harsher than the Bible does. Right. If you don't believe, you're not going to be saved. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I have to present it that way because you're not going to get better
1: if you don't believe. Right. You're so, not. So then uh, people that come to see us, you're already on the right track. You've already taken the first step. You're showing that you believe something might change, something could change, something could get better.
0: Something will if, <laughs> if they come.
1: Right, right. But they have to at least see that before they can even decide to come. They have to make up their mind. Hmm, I think this could be something good and I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to call them. And then they call and they come in and they find out.
0: It never got my kid in the water by saying, oh, just one little step at a time. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. you just, they have to jump. Somewhere in it, you have to exercise your faith. Mm -hmm. and. I don't, again, don't want to be cruel. I don't want to sound unfriendly. I don't want to sound like I can't help people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, that's why we're on the podcast and why we talk about covenants and why you're the director of covenants Mm -hmm. and why God's given us this ministry. But it's real important. Mm -hmm. They need to know their salvation is not going to come from me and you. Right. And I'm not going to be able to coax them in. I'm not. Right. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will come and hear the word and just walk off. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for me as a, in my counseling sort of role, profession, because I felt like I let them down. But you can't save people who are doesn't, do not want to be saved. But it's an independent decision. I don't know that that condemns them. Mm-hmm. Certainly it doesn't condemn them that they didn't take it from me. But... You know, they're going to have to at some point come to Jesus. They're going to have to confess their sins. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to confess their in, in insecurities, inadequacies, mm-hmm. their fear, uh, the iniquity. And until they do that, they're not going to get better. They're right. just not going to get better. Right. God will preserve them. He may even cover them.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But they're not going to know the salvation Mm -hmm. of the Lord until... And eventually that road, I know where that ends. It doesn't end well.
1: Right. Well, it may be just that we're one part of their story. And and we may be the part that, you know, maybe the next person that they, uh, you know, another Christian, then that will be the time when they, you know, decide to choose salvation. We don't know. But we know that when you come to us, that we are going to plant that seed. We are going to point you to the Holy Spirit and to the Word. And that's our baseline. That's our manual. That's our standard. And so that's what you're going to get. And we're not going to change that. But you may decide. You may go home and decide. And someone told me that one day. That they went home and decided that they wanted to rededicate you know restore their relationship with God. I was so happy about that and it didn't have to happen in my office but I was so happy that they shared it with me. So there's hope for every situation we want you to know that and for every person.
0: But you got you've got to accept it you got to declare your part in it Mm -hmm. and if you're afraid and you won't take the step you can't get Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. Carolyn, should they want to get a hold of us, come in to see you, me, how do they do it?
1: That would be awesome. We would love to have you. Um, you can give us a call. Covenants number is 304-528-9220. You can email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can go online, CovenantsOnline.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, where we post a link to this podcast, and every podcast, you can go on there and look back and listen to previous podcasts under Covenants.
0: And I would want our listeners to truly appreciate, or to appreciate how truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, we enjoy... Being able to bring the Word, we feel edified in bringing the Word. We're so thankful to God that He's given us this ministry and purpose and mission. We're so thankful to God that He has endowed us, blessed us with the particulars of our calling, how we rightly fit in the body. But for our podcast listeners, I want you to know we really thank you so much for listening because all of the things that we do in the podcast— would be with the same intention in mind right. as we would do in the counseling.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, Christian
0: counseling session, Specialized special care.
1: This is—we're uh, not changing to be different on the podcast <laughs>
0: to the good or the bad. But I would want to invite you back, and in the meantime, I'm going to ask you, as Carolyn. Well, I'll let you ask him, Carolyn, or at least tell him.
1: Until next time,
0: be blessed. Yes, we'll double down on that.